you're back with us for another episode of Campbell's Footballs. <laughs> Yes, a warm welcome to Campbell's Footballs, the only podcast where bad predictions are cancelled out by good crack. This week's show, I am joined by a guest that many of the listeners who are tuning into the show might not know an awful lot about. This man who is on is the presenter of TalkingBoss.com, a website which pretty much does what it says on the tin. Really interesting to learn a lot more about stuff in football as well as other sports too. This man especially has also been involved on the Ladbroke Social Club alongside guests such as Ali McCoist, Mark Wilson, um, Michael Stewart, Chris Sutton and Daryl Curry. I'm joined by Danny Call to discuss and chew the fat over all things Scottish football with a little bit of an English tinge too. This of course is Campbell's Footballs which is as always produced in association with Toby Johnson Music. of Campbell's Football set is upon us. I'm delighted this week to be joined by Danny Call of Talking Boss. Danny, a warm welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me, Grant. It's, it's, uh, it's my pleasure. No, I'm, it's really good to have you on because you're sort of an up-and-coming name, I've noticed, in the world of social media. Do you want to just explain a little bit about your career so far, maybe in a nutshell? Uh, I think um, just when you said up-and-coming name there, that's kind of some of my friends and all that probably kind of laughing and they'll see their face here and you say that but um, I so basically I've worked for Talking Boys now it's, we do it full time um, like the guy I work with Johnny Boyle and I we used to actually work for The Sun The Sun newspaper okay um, and Talking Boys was it was almost it was really just a hobby mm-hmm. we would do it on the side um, kind of in between shifts and really just as a you know, just as I say, as a, as a hobby, just as a part-time kind of thing. Yeah. We th- we then realised that the, the, the traffic was kind of, at one point, eclipsing the sun's web traffic. And um, in the end, when we just kind of thought, thought for a while, you know, we get to do that as our, our own job, be our own boss kind of thing. And eventually we just kind of got to the point where we we could do it and that was I think that was 2015 yeah we're just having a look at it just now it's sort of been up and running since 2015 a range of sports not just football that you that you guys concentrate on is it uh, we do we do try and uh, you know look at other sports and stuff um, diversify a little bit but if we're honest we're both huge football fans it's really just what's in our wheelhouse we always end up kind of ending up back at football really uh, particularly Scottish football but um, we do have quite a big um, a reasonable falling in England as well so kind of right with the English Premier League and stuff but um, you know we're, we're not uh, <laughs> we're not dot com millionaires or anything like that but we get by so there's worse jobs oh absolutely and I think what you do is absolutely fascinating tell me can you just go back to the beginning a little bit and just sort of tell you my listeners kind of 
how you wanted to sort of set your stall out right from the beginning. What made you want to go into this sort of universe of social media and, well, journalism in essence? Well, you know, I'm trying to think. So, right back at the beginning, I studied journalism and film at uni. Um, and, God, this is making me feel quite old now, but I guess that must have been about 10 years ago or so. Um, and as mad as it sounds, things like Twitter and even Facebook really not still kind of in its infancy but it's only been about for a couple of years um, so when I was at uni and kind of wanting to get into the um, journalism field that was you know Twitter social media um, online broadcast stuff like that was all kind of exploding and kind of taking off and people hadn't really done it before and it was just something you know that you, something to experiment with I think at first to see where yeah. it could go mm-hmm. Um and as I say, at first, you know, when I was at uni, um, I, I worked a little bit for the, the football magazine 442, mm-hmm. and I worked down there for a few months. Um, but even they, I remember one of the one of the guys and staff there saying that soon their their magazine will be closed; it'll just all be social media. And I remember that was the point in my head, thinking, oh, "That's definitely, uh, you know, the future is is online." I think as we can all see now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's quite interesting just to see how it's exploded in the last few years. As you say, Twitter is really becoming a, a big thing, and podcasting as well is certainly growing. I mean, you were talking about kind of making your yourself sound a little bit old, signing it back in twenty ten. Well, I I remember back to. 2010 I was kind of in my second year of my geography degree at Aberdeen University and thinking I still love football but I'm a massive fan of science and to manage the two together can be quite difficult but my, my, my love of football will always resonate in my mind but you've kind of made it your career which is which is absolutely fantastic I think. I mean, as I remember at uni and stuff, you know, that's the dream if we can just sit, sit about talking about football, writing about football. And now I actually feel bad when I have a day where I think, oh, I can't be bothered. And then I think back, like I used to, years ago, I used to work for, um, used to work for HMRC, like the, the tax office, I used to work there three, three or four nights a week after school and uni. And um, we used to have to recover, uh, used to have to recover outstanding tax debts and the abuse you would get on the phone. Yeah. It was a brutal, horrible job. And I just sometimes think it could be a lot worse, you know, I could have a, re- a real job. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I think, I think if, if you enjoy what you do, then the UB as well make a career out of it. Really, it is fantastic. Um, so in your spare time, I was looking up on Talking Boss actually in front of me here. Uh, you're also a part-time manager of Manhattan Blacks, is that right? I, I I didn't realise Manhattan Blacks would get a shout out, but um, but yeah. Can you explain no, a little bit about that? Because I I followed you a little bit on Instagram, and I I'm keen to learn a little bit more about it actually. So, um, well, generally, just obviously when I was when I was young, growing up, always played football. Um, when I got to about twenty, I, I, I remember um, all around me there was a lot of my friends um, and kind of ex teammates growing up. We're all a little bit too old, obviously, for kids' football, uh, but, you know, hadn't quite moved on to, like, senior football. And long story short, I saw a lot of good players around me that didn't have a team, and I thought, why not try and set up a team? Um, and I didn't really think people would be up for it, but it turned out, you know, managed to get some really good players together. The name Manhattan Blacks came about, people always ask me this, and it is a strange name. Uh, there was a company called Manhattan Mobile Bars who'd said they would sponsor us 
and the only kits we could afford at the time were black and I just said in our first friendly picture Manhattan blacks and it stuck um, but yeah no, we've been going for 10 years now um, we won our first trophy last May um, and it's been, it's been brilliant it's been really good uh, that was sorry that I should say as well that was the thing I, I am by no means uh Management, you would never look at me or hang about with me and think, oh, he's he's a football manager. But I, uh, the early days of the team, I tore my ACL, my knee. Oh. Uh, and I've actually torn it twice since. So any of my knees had just given up on me. So I just kind of went into uh-huh. the. Um, and into the management side and just kind of help run the team and shoot from the sidelines yeah well that was actually going to be my next question I was like, actually was did you play football um, in your younger years but you kind of told me the answer to that which is uh, pretty brutal stuff um, in terms of your sort of career development has there been any people that have inspired you on your journey to date that you'd like to give a mention to um, there's a lot of people that um have been really helpful. I mean, one guy that, that springs to mind um, that you and I had a talk about on WhatsApp before but it was Rob McLean. I believe one of your one of yeah, your Rob guests as well. Uh, one of my heroes of Scottish football. Absolutely. He. Um, we'll, we'll t- I think we'll talk about the, the, the Labrook stuff that we do, the, yeah. the football show and stuff. But he initially, when we, we we tried to do it a couple of years ago, it was Rob that, that presented it, and I think we did maybe did five or six shows, and the numbers went great. Um, but Rob is just such a lovely guy, just yeah. a lovely open guy and I remember asking for advice a couple of times and um, he came on our, he came on the Talking Boys podcast and he drove all the way out to Cumbernauld where we are based um, and yeah, just, just a, a really lovely guy and the, the other guy just quickly that springs to me is Hugh Evans. Um, Again, offered advice. Just again, really nice man. He gets so much stick on Clyde One, and I always feel bad when I hear it because because knowing him a little bit, um, he's not that way inclined at all. Yeah. Again, he's come on our podcast and um, lives in Clyde Bank. Came all the way out to Cumbernauld, and he doesn't drive. Oh wow, that is quite Uh, extraordinary. See, I I reckon that's um, something I would do because I don't drive, but I I just my love of football, my enthusiasm for football would just. (laughs) Guide me to these places. I think <laughs> just it's just fantastic. Nah, the commitment and stuff. I those those guys have been great. It's probably more that I, I can't really think of right now. But those two guys definitely in a Scottish context definitely yeah. spring to mind. And you mentioned Keevans. I mean, I I, I listen to the Clyde uh, Super Scoreboard program every now and again. And in fact, I actually listened to it this week. Actually. Um, this is obviously the 22nd of January we're recording this and it, it's a really interesting insight show it's almost like the Scottish football equivalent of 606 which I which I also listen to as well and I think the, the camaraderie with, between Gordon Duncan the presenter and the guests on the show are really interesting and it's engaging to hear what the listeners are wanting to ask the, the pundits as well and I think it's really a really good show I think personally Oh, me, me too. I listen to it on the um, like my girlfriend always slags me because I just constantly listen to podcasts <laughs> and I listen Not to like the podcast pretty much. I just just basically at the end of the day, it's just guys talking about football, really, you know. And so you know, what, what can be bad about that? No, I I don't know what can be bad about that. That's for sure. Let's talk about the Talking Boss podcast. What's the sort of uh, remit for that, and uh, who can get involved? Anyone really? It's funny, we're kind of at a crossroads point in the podcast at the minute where we're looking to um, expand it a little bit um, and kind of, we obviously, football has been the, I mean, what's been the only thing we've podcasted about for years, but 
we're looking to try and expand out a little bit. We've started our, our Low Leagues podcast. Mm-hmm, I saw that. They really, advertised fantastic. It's been really well listened to. Um, and Johnny, Johnny, who I work with, he had this idea, and I was admittedly a bit unsure about it. Uh, he's like, why don't we do a podcast? What would you rather? And people send in questions, you know, would you rather have um, legs the size of hot dogs or hands the size of tennis rackets, you know, <laughs> stupid stuff like that. Um, and again, he's done a couple of them, and they've been really funny, and again, really well listened to. So anyone can really get involved. Um, we, we put out our... Um, we ask for questions and contributions every week, and I'm always amazed at the amount of um, the amount of replies we get. It's, it's incredible. It's always you know hundreds of them. So yeah, anyone can get involved, and we'll keep doing the, the, the football one as long as people are listening. I guess. Awesome. Well, I'll try and contribute at some point during it because I like to help fellow podcasters out as well. In fact, I help guys on the Irish League Waffle podcast. So a little bit of a shout out to those guys over in there. They do a really good job, it's a really funny podcast and I enjoy uh, getting involved with that. Um, let's move on to talk about um, the Ladbroke Social Club because many people listening to this probably won't know much about it. So uh, do you want to kind of explain a little bit about the concept of the show? Because I, I know a little bit about it, but many of my listeners maybe don't. Yeah, so uh, the Ladbroke Social Club is really just... I'm trying to think how best to... I suppose it's, it's set up like a TV show. It's really just analysing the weekend's football, Scottish football, um, from a social media perspective. So, you know, for instance, when Craig Levine was sacked by Hearts, what are all the Hearts fans saying about it? These Hearts fans are happy, these are unhappy. Um, and really just doing that for, for all of the kind of goings-on. Uh, as I say, it's set up almost like a football chat show. It's hosted by Daryl Curry. I'm his glamorous assistant holding an <laughs> iPad. Um, uh, we have guests on every week. It, um, it tends to be Ladbrokes ambassadors. You know, people like Alex Ray, Alan Stubbs, Mark Wilson, Michael Stewart. Um, but we're, trying to, we're working on some, some pretty exciting guests. Um, I probably shouldn't say who, uh, but <laughs> they, they, they could be good, Grant. I'm looking, um, forward, I'm looking forward to playing because I, I, I've watched quite a few of them. And, you know, I always like the rapport between uh, yourself and Daryl and, and some of the guests on it. But what, like, is Daryl as a presenter? Because he sounds like a, a really, really great guy to work with. So I actually feel bad now. When I mentioned Rob McLean and Hugh Keevans, I should have mentioned Daryl, really, because uh, <laughs> he, he, is, he is a lovely, lovely guy. Um, and just a consummate pro. Like he's, 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 um, it's not his job to produce the show or to kind of you know direct the show. He's really just the presenter, but he's on top of everything. He kind of makes sure everyone knows what they're doing and we all, you know, we're all following the same script. And if anything's not quite right, you know, he's, he's, he's right on top of it and knows, he's always there with a solution as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, as you say, he's, he's just a lovely guy. I'm always wary when I meet someone new. Um, when I met Daryl, you know, I, I, you know I, I obviously don't know him and I don't know what to expect. But, he's, you know, all I can say is absolutely brand new, lovely guy. I mean, I'm sure he won't mind me saying that I've made a couple of... Um, I remember when we first started out, I made a couple of horrible gaffes, <laughs> just like just just stupid mistakes when we've been recording, and we record it as live, you know, but put it out put it out later in the day. Yeah. Um, we, we've had to stop recording uh, a couple of times, and I've just been, and you know, I beat myself up about it, and yeah. he's 
you know, he's texted me a couple of times, so I don't worry about it and stuff. So, yeah. no, he is, he's a lovely guy. Really it's, nice al- guy. it's always positive when you get guys like that that are giving you constructive advice as well going forward in, in your career as well. I just want to tap in a little bit more to the interaction that you have alongside some of the ambassadors, as you say, that are on the show. You mentioned people like Michael Stewart. You mentioned people like Alex Ray. I've watched a couple of episodes when Stephen Cragen's been on, Chris Sutton is on. What are they like to work with? Because I think they all have a little bit of character to them, don't you think? You mentioned Chris Sutton there. He, um, when I, I grew up as a Celtic fan, and he, he was um, one of my kind of idols, if you like. You know, I really looked up to Chris Sutton. Thought he was a magnificent player. Yeah. When when I first um, when he first came on the show back in August, he um, basically walked in and absolutely slaughtered me. <laughs> he, said, he said, "What is that shirt all about?" Uh, last sat down on the couch, you know, from when we were about to record. And he said, "Are you not going to get changed?" Um, and he, he said, "What are those trainers all about?" And he was shouting off camera to. Uh, David McDonald from Ladbrokes and saying, David, you can't let him go and go on air like this. Um, and then the cameras started rolling, and he, I can't remember what it was, but he really put me in the spot with a question, and I thought, this is not going how I thought it would. Um, and then we finished, and he was saying goodbye, and he caught shook my hand and went, oh, you're a, you're a thoroughly likeable chap. Let's talk about Ali, because I've kind of moved on to him, but he sees a really great guy, isn't he? He's again such a lovely guy. Um, I, I've I've been fortunate enough to to do work a couple of work things in Ali's company, maybe four or five times now. And uh, he was on the lab group show on the thirtieth of December, so quite recently. Yeah. And um, he, I'm sure he's not got a clue who I am. Like, he can't remember <laughs> my name, and he must do so many media things that you know I'm not. You know, you know I don't mind, obviously. Yeah. He, he still goes out of his way to come up to you and like I say when we did that the other day it was the day after the old Fernian. Yeah. and he just came up and went oh, what do you think then son what do you think about the game and we just stood for for ages just talking about the game and I'm sure he won't mind me seeing this now but um, at the time this was Kilmarnock we're, we're still without a manager and uh, I said to him I said, well, would you fancy that and he said I'd love it I'd absolutely love it I'd love to get a chance to get back in Um and as I was talking to him, I kind of feel I feel bad for him that he's not had, you know, he's not had the opportunity to get back into management because he definitely, I think he could give a lot of teams a, a big lift, you know, mm-hmm. just that, just his kind of personality alone yeah. would would kind of lift teams. Um, but no, a lovely man, really nice man, um, and you know, just good at what he does. He's, he's a good broadcaster aside from anything else I suppose yeah there's two things I want to mention here first of all a bit of a shout out to my dad who's a big Rangers fan and met Ali McCoist a few years ago and Ali is my dad's hero so just a big shout out to my dad on that one um, secondly I don't think McCoist has got any um, thing of going into management anytime soon he's enjoying himself too much with Alan Brazil on TalkSport I think <laughs> you're, you're probably spot on there don't know. yeah I, I think so let's talk about um, the, the kind of Scottish Cup that took place um, this week because um, there was some really interesting um, results. Some, most of them went to the form book, um, and obviously the last sixteen draw was made. Was there any highlights that caught your eye from the weekend's action? The one that always jumps out is um, Clyde versus Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it will be a, a really interesting game. Danny Lennon's got Clyde playing um, some really good football. I mean, I'm from Cumbernauld, so Clyde's sort of local club. Um, 
time when I was young, I, I played for Clyde up to sort of under nineteen level. Um, in fact, I was actually at the first, the famous or infamous, however you want to class it, um, the first game with Celtic yeah. back in two thousand and six. Um, so I think that will be a really interesting tie. Um, Try to think what else. I mean, Rangers get quite a good draw. Uh-huh. Rangers away to Hamilton. Just getting the draw up in front of me here. So the tie for me that stands out in the last 16 is uh, Aberdeen, my team. Uh, a home to Kilmarnock, who you know had a really big win. Chris Burke with six assists. Is that? I think that's a first, isn't it? As, I know it's absolutely remarkable. Again, I feel like this is just I'm just trying to advertise the Ladbrook Social Club, but he was on the Social Club on Monday and. Uh, we, you know, we were saying you should surely, from now on, get a, an assist bonus in your in your contract. You know, it makes makes perfect sense. Um, and I didn't I didn't realise that he's, he's thirty six now. It's incredible. You know, he's, he's still a great player as well. Exactly. You know, he's still it's not an excellent player. He's, it's not not the first time this season he's kind of chipped in at a crucial time for Kelly. Um, and he said himself, which I, I didn't even realise before that game, before the winter break, Kelly hadn't scored. In six games Yeah I know And had one in seven I think as well Which was quite extraordinary One one in nine I think I know Which was pretty Pretty poor Pretty remarkable yeah Pretty poor Obviously Alex Dyer's come in um, Since Angelo Alessio left Do you think he'll Turn the ship around For Kilmarnock? I I've got to be honest I was a bit underwhelmed By the the Alex Dyer Appointment Um I feel I almost feel bad saying you know saying oh, I don't think it'll work out or that manager's rubbish or what have you. I'm not I'm not saying he's rubbish, I'm, but I, I just feel like um, nah, I, I just can't see it with Alex mm-hmm. Dyer. They dropped into the bottom half of the league. Um, nah, I, I wouldn't have went for Alex Dyer personally. Mm-hmm. But then again, I remember hearing kind of whispers about um, when Alessio was in charge that it was you know. People inside the club, it's a shambles. And he's reading out the team when half the team is in the toilet and half the team is not there. And there was a story about he, he told one player he wasn't in the squad at all um, for the game against Celtic. Mm-hmm. And then at Celtic Park, had the player in his starting lineup and they had to phone the player and get him to the stadium. Right. Um, so my, my point, my overall point here is, is that it obviously it wasn't going smoothly in Alessio, but for, for much of his, I mean, I think they were fifth when he sacked him. Yeah, and they weren't conceding too many goals either. They were that typical sort of Italian makeup team in Serie A, very tough to beat, uh, and exactly. Nick games one nil now and again. Exactly. Um, so you know, it's still a really good um, group of players. Um, Power and Dicker in the middle of the park are really good. Um, even Brophy's still there obviously sure, he's still he's very good group, so. back as well so exactly yeah. and, and Chris Burke as we've said so yeah, I don't think they'll be in trouble or anything but I, I just think I don't know if I went for Alex there personally mm-hmm. sorry Alex no that's okay I, I actually quite like Alex so I want him to do that well let's have a look at the rest of the draw Aberdeen Kilmarnock Air United who of course put Ross County out in the previous round at home to St Johnston BSC Glasgow we'll talk about them in a moment against either Dundee United or Hibs we've mentioned Clyde Celtic Rangers travel to Hamilton Ackes uh, Livingston travel to the Highlands to face Cali Thistle St Minnan face Motherwell and either Falkirk or Arbroath at home to Hearts let's talk about Aberdeen because obviously they're playing Kilmarnock what have you made of their season so far because it's been a little bit up and down isn't it it's, it's been very strange the Aberdeen um, 
campaign. I mean, you, uh, you know, I'm plenty to say this because I wanted to get your take on it, uh, Grant. Just yeah, about yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think, I think we've been too reliant on people like Sam Cosgrove for our goals. There was obviously talking to Ron McLean about this last week. Um, goodness knows where Aberdeen would be without Cosgrove for his goals, and also for Joe Lewis at the other end of the pitch. Because for me, Joe Lewis, uh, most seasons guarantees Aberdeen six to nine points a season. Um, I think there's a lack of imagination, I think, in the team. Although I think Dylan McGee will be a very interesting sign. I was actually at the Dumbarton game last Saturday in the Scottish Cup and I actually thought he was the best player on the pitch uh, until he got substituted. I thought he did very well. But I don't know, I think Aberdeen are missing a spark this season. And they're not doing terribly. They're, you know, they're still saying third or fourth. You know, it's, it, them and Motherwell's going to be a great fight for third and fourth, realistically speaking. But I don't know, it just feels like there's just something missing this season. And, you know... Whether there's a little bit of a, a malaise in the McInnes era, I don't know. No, he's had a really good run um, as manager. You know, maybe he should have won more than the one trophy that um, he has since he arrived in 2014, but or oh, 2013, I should say. But I don't know. It's it's a, it's a weird one. I'm not really sure where I sit. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of on the boundary sometimes because you know, if we did. God, well, if we did say to Derek, look, your time's up, who do we go for? And and this is the problem. Who is out there that could do a better job considering Celtic and Rangers are, you know, well ahead of everyone else at the moment? Yeah. I, I, it's so strange because from the outside looking in, not being a, an Aberdeen fan, I just look at it and think Derek McInnes has done a pretty incredible job because, you know, if you think back to before the McInnes reign, Aberdeen was quite regularly oh, in the bottom six and, you know, kind of struggling down the bottom half of the table. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, disappointed last season when they didn't finish second, you know. Um, but on social media anyway, and I know social media isn't the be-all and end-all and it's definitely not always the greatest kind of thermometer for public opinion or what have you, but he, Derek McInnes gets such a hard time he on does. social media. He does. Some of it for me sometimes, and I'll hold my hands up straight away because I am a big critic of McInnes sometimes, and he does frustrate me, but that's because I want him to be successful as possible as a manager. You, yeah. know, I, you mentioned Aberdeen from where they were. You know, I, I still maintain that Craig Brown didn't get the credit he deserved, considering where he came when Mark McGee was, was manager, because they were bottom of the league, they'd just been beaten 5-0 by Hearts, and I genuinely thought that season Aberdeen were in huge, huge trouble, but they got themselves uh, out of trouble, and I don't think, personally, Craig Brown got the respect he deserved for not only keeping Aberdeen up, but making them a solid team again. Yeah, no, I think you're right about that, I think you're right, I mean, I think, what, uh, I mean, Fat McGee wasn't at the yes. last 9-0 to yes. Celtic, yeah, mm-hmm. um, so Aberdeen were really struggling at that point, and I think it's definitely a good shout. Yeah, um, let's talk about Air United, obviously they beat the um, the Scottish Premiership team Ross County I didn't see that as a big shock did you? No not, not particularly I saw a couple of people um, mentioning that it was kind of the shock of the round but Air United for two or three seasons now have been up challenging at the, the top end of the um, of the championship and uh, Ross County obviously a good organised team I think they'll stay up but they're always in the conversation, aren't they, for the relegation yes. fight in the Premiership? And mm-hmm. I always think the bottom three in the Premiership, the top three in the Championship, is not not a great deal between them, really. Well, look at Dundee United this season; they've been absolutely the class of the field in the Championship. But I think you're absolutely right. You know, you you kind of got Saint Mirren, Hamilton, 
Um, and okay, Hearts are bottom at the moment, but you know who knows if they can get a couple of wins, can they build some momentum? But you know, St Johnston are probably the 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 ninth, eighth, ninth sort of position in the league most seasons these days. But Tommy Wright continues to do a, a, a decent job there, I think. And you know, I I think Saints fans, if they got top six every now and again, I think they'd be pretty satisfied. I mean, they did win the cup quite recently as well, so you know, I don't think they're having too bad a season as well. You know, I think they'll have a tough game at Air United, so we shall wait and see. But I think I think Air United, you know, considering Ian McCall left to go to Parnock Thistle, you know, I think they're they're still doing a solid job, and you know they're still in with out of the playoffs. So you just never know with them, and I don't think there's as much pressure on them as there is with other teams in that league, like say Cali Thistle, for instance. That's a really good point, yeah. And even financially, they're used to being at that level. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, they, they're kind of acclimatised to it. Whereas teams like Cali Thistle that come down, struggle financially, struggle to use to it. Dundee United as well. Um, no, I think they could be a dangerous team, yeah. Yeah. Let's mention BSC Glasgow, the lowest ranked team left in the Scottish Cup. Super performance from Stephen Swift's team to beat East Kilbride 3-1 in the last round. What a fabulous achievement, uh, Danny. Amazing to get to the last 16 of the Scottish Cup. Um, I, I know obviously they're a, you know, they're a lower league team, you know, they're, they're different, but running an amateur team kind of feel, you know, a bit of an affiliation with with the smaller teams in the Cup. And to reach the last 16, really, when you think about it, is, is pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely remarkable. Um, and I just wonder whether, you know, this next round tie, I wonder whether they're going to play it. Well, I, believe, gonna... I believe they ground share with the Aloha. So yep. I just wonder, depending who they get, well, I don't think it really matters either, Dunny Night or Hibs, will they play at Alois Ground, the Indodrill, which, uh, or Recreation Park as it used to be known back in my olden days. But uh, no, I, I, I would think they could host it there. I don't see any reason why it couldn't be hosted there personally, but I think it's fabulous. And it's good for their, it's good for their club, it's good for their finances as well. They'll get a bit of money off this, so really, really good for that club. I mean, not to, um, not you know. I would imagine Dundee United and or Hibs will have too much for them so in yeah. this round. But you never know, and you, you just never know in, in the cup. And it's been, it's been a good. I'm trying to think of the last real major cup upset that made you kind of gasp. And maybe it was Clyde beating Celtic a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah. Although I'll be nervous being Motherwell co- comes right up there for me just off the top. Oh, of that's a really good show. Yeah, it was just a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was um, one nil at uh, Clifton Hill, I think. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I was twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen, something like that. I can't remember, but uh, it was one nil anyway. I'm trying to think of other well, ones off the top of my head. You, you just never know, and you know, I don't, I don't think it will happen. But it would be amazing if BSC Glasgow somehow ended up in the quarterfinals. Oh, that would superb. be absolutely extraordinary. It would be superb. Um, I said on my show last week that I felt Livingston were possibly dark horses to have a deep run in the Scottish Cup. They've got Inverness away, and I'm going to still stick with that. I think it's a tough game for them. What do you think about Livingston this season, Danny? They've done quite well, haven't they, under Gary Holt? I think they've done extraordinary well. Uh, I think Lyndon Dykes is... Um, an excellent striker at this level. He's one that, um, personally, mm-hmm. I, I would look at for the Scotland team. And I know some people might not agree with it, might not think he's up to the task or whatever, but we need, we need, we need all the help we can get. Mm. We're not overly blessed in the striker department. I think now he's into double figures for the season, I think. Yeah. Um, and he's absolute, he looks like an absolute nightmare to play against. Um, so... 
I would have them in the Scotland team generally overall with Livingston um, to be in the top half of the table I saw them beat Hibs just before the the what was it just, was just yeah, before, just the before New Year they were, su- they were superb 2-0 I think it was yeah yeah 2-0 um, and I think Gary Holt's done a an excellent job going back to basically to we were talking about Alex Dyer and Kilmarnock I just wonder if Kilmarnock you know perhaps regret overlooking well I wonder that too yeah I wonder that too and I wonder if Hearts are possibly thinking the same about Daniel Stendhal I mean I I, I mean I look at someone like Motherwell and Stephen Robinson going really well there I just was really surprised that Hearts didn't go for for Stephen Robinson personally I mean I don't know what you think about that one Again, I kind of um, I fully expected it to happen. I just thought it was the, the, a kind of no-brainer. Um, and I've taken a bit of stick on the Labrook Social Club. I said I've said that a few times now. I actually think Hearts will go down, mm. and I, I think uh, you know, obviously, there's a long way to go. I know they've got much more quality than a couple of their opponents around them. Mm. However. Um, I just, I just think to tear up your whole system, bring in a manager that's never managed in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Never mind that, he's only had two managerial jobs, full stop. Yeah, Barnsley, um, where was this other one in Germany, wasn't it? It was at Hanover. Yeah, Hanover, um, And he was, he was actually relegated at Hanover. That's right, um, I remember now, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not saying, look, he might turn out to be an incredible coach, but my, my, basically, say it takes two or three league games for the players to get really up to speed and they drop another few points they're five points off the off the pace at the minute yeah. another two or three bad weeks you'd be looking at a seven, eight, nine point deficit and then all of a sudden you're in February I don't know I just I, I do worry for that so I don't want them to get relegated but I think they could be in trouble this year yeah I agree I don't want Hearts to go down either I think the, the Scottish Football League needs a strong two Edinburgh clubs in Hibs and Hearts and they've had their trials and tribulations just looking at Hearts' fixtures obviously we're recording this on Wednesday 22nd they've got Ross County tonight and then they have Rangers at home and then they have St Johnston away next three games that's not easy games as well no, no. I, I, you just remind me obviously that game tonight against Ross County is absolutely huge. I think it is. If they, if they don't, I think it's, it's in Ross County, it's isn't it? It's it's absolutely. Demo, yeah. yeah, I think um, I think if they don't pick up something there, as I say, I think you know you're looking at those other games and thinking where are they going to get points? You know. Um, but I, I do kind of hope I'm wrong. I, I, I wouldn't want to see a, a massive club like Hearts go down, but. I just look at them and, and worry. If you are asking me right now if I think Hearts will go down, I think they will go down automatically, but I think they will be in the playoff. Uh, I still think yeah. Samirin will go down. And the reason I say Samirin will go down is no shame on Jim Goodwin. I just don't think they scored enough goals. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think obviously Obita's picked up a little bit. Um, I think it's definitely that's something we struggle with all season. And it's funny because they've, they've actually been defensively they've been pretty solid this season under um under Jim Goodman. Yeah. But uh, again, it's when you struggle to score goals, it's it's never easy. Now let's just go back a little bit to the Ladbroke Social Club because I just thought of a question I forgot to ask you earlier on the show. Do you have do you uh, do a kind of three Kind of, kind of predictions in a week, don't you? And if you don't get all three right or or close, you have to do a forfeit. Is that correct? I thought I'd got away with this. I thought I'd got away there without having to explain my forfeits. There. Uh, yes. So it was actually annoyingly my. Uh, it was my idea. This this little feature, and it was basically uh, I do a. 
Yeah, treble every week, and the treble doesn't come in, I do a forfeit, and now it should say, when I sat down with uh, David McDonald, who's the, the head of Ladbrokes in Scotland, um, and has the sort of Ladbrokes guys, the, the uh, you know, they were saying, oh, forfeits, like, uh, oh, you can do a skydive, or you can do a bungee jump, or, you know, something that I thought would make me look quite cool and brave, you know? Yeah. Um, but so far, I've had my leg waxed, <laughs> which was painful. I've had um, my legs, I, before you go any further with that one, I've had my legs waxed for Charlie, and it's not sore. I, I, did you, oh, I was, I was dying. A spring time. <laughs> I came home and for six to eight hours. Just, it looked like I've been sunbathing next to the sun. It was <laughs> incredible. I didn't um, see that. So one. I don't have any water. Oh, it was, it was remarkable how dark it was. It looked really um, painful, actually, that one. <laughs> It was just so embarrassing Dri- driving home, uh, you know, and people kind of looking at me at traffic lights and stuff. Um, it was really embarrassing that one. The one I uh, wanted to I also. Oh, sorry. The one I was wanting to bring up was the one that I you actually went to Falkirk FC, didn't you? Because I had David McCracken on a f- earlier podcast, and uh, I was mentioning this yeah. to him, and uh, I just wanted to know your take on it because he's told me mine is. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was just going to, that's what I was going to say. Um, yeah, no, I, I went to, I, this is the thing, they never tell me what I'm doing. So they'll, Anne, who is the, the lovely producer of the show, she'll just text me uh, a time and an address uh, and I'll be right, okay. And she texts me this postcode and I could see it was Falkirk. Uh, obviously put it in, it was Falkirk Stadium. And I thought it was going to be, uh, I remember hearing that they were filming the Christmas video or something. I thought they're going to put me in a Santa hat and make me sing or whatever. Um, but no, I turned up um, to Falkirk Stadium after a night out, I should say. I'd got in at three, three in the morning the night before. Uh, and I got there at one in the afternoon. Um, and it was David McCracken, Lee Miller, obviously the, the two managers, um, and a couple of the, the lads uh, from the Falkirk first team gave me this f- fitness test, and it was hell on earth. <laughs> uh, it was absolutely brutal. It was stuff like, right, drop 20 press-ups, and then 19 box jumps, then 19 press-ups, and 18 box jumps down to zero, and then sprint for a minute and a half, and, um, and then they had me with a weight, um, you know, carrying the weights up and down in the weight sledge, up and down the room. Um, and after it, I was, well, not to put it too politely, I wanted to die. Um, <laughs> so uh, that was pretty bad. I'm trying to think of if, if, if I've done any more forfeits. I must have done some more forfeits. But uh, they've, they've told me, they've teased to me that the next one's going to be really bad. So 
fingers crossed that my bet comes in. Well, you're in a great company on this podcast because bad predictions are cancelled out by good crack. So it doesn't matter if you have many or or a lot of bad predictions here, they're all welcome. So obviously, <laughs> um, this weekend, or uh, I should say, we have games on the 22nd of January. We won't do predictions for those games because by the time this goes live, they'll be in progress. So we're going to move to the weekend's games uh, starting on Saturday the 25th of January. Um, interesting games this weekend, uh, Danny. Let's start with Celtic against Ross County. Um, should be a comfortable win for the champions here, you would think, and they need to bounce back following that old firm defeat before New Year. Absolutely, yeah. I think, um, obviously, we'll talk about Rangers at Harps this weekend, but Rangers, I think, aside from that game, have actually got a, a pretty comfortable-looking run of home games, mm. uh, whereas Celtic, I think, have got a couple of difficult away games. So I think Celtic need to make the most of this, what you would imagine to be a quite a straightforward home game, and take three points. They simply, any unforeseen slip-ups just... As an option. Yeah, absolutely. So give us a scoreline for these games. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick off with a three 0 home win for Celtic in this one. I think I'll go two 0 Two 0 Two 0 to Celtic. Okay, next yeah. up is uh, a really interesting game at uh, the Super Seal Stadium or New Douglas Park for the traditionalists like me. Hamilton against Livingston. I think this is really tough to call because whenever you write off Hamilton or whenever you think Hamilton. Um, are kind of going to lose they seem to somehow pull a result out of nowhere having said that <laughs> I'm going to go for a Livingston win mm. I think Livingston will just be too strong for them I think they'll just edge it maybe 2-1 Livy 2-1 Livingston I- I'm going to go for a score draw I'm going to go 1-1 as you say Hamilton um, you know they- they're always pretty solid at home um, but you know Livingston have had a couple of tricky games they had a good win against Wraith in the cup and uh, you know I just wonder if their exploits maybe will get the better of them They'll got the biggest of squads, mind you, neither do Hamilton, of course, but I see it being a tight game, so I'm going to go with 1-1. Just while we're on the subject of Hamilton, Danny, what did you make of the news this week about Brian Rice coming out with his uh, problems about gambling uh, and what has happened there? Really, really sad to hear this news. No, I know, I, I, just, I just feel really bad for the guy. I, just, I hope he's getting the help that he needs. Yeah. Um, 100%. And it's maybe, it's maybe, it's obviously um, sparked the conversation again about, you know, we were on this very podcast, you know, I'm talking about the Ladbrokes Social Club and, yeah. and what have you, and, you know, obviously we, I've worked with Ladbrokes and stuff, and it's maybe sparked the conversation again about how healthy is it having uh, bookmakers having such a strong influence on football in this country. And, uh, it's a difficult one to answer I think it is a difficult um, one to answer yeah I agree because we obviously on one hand need the money but it, you know I, I, I think even the most ardent um Bookmaker could, you know, couldn't deny it's not the healthiest thing to have, you know, every single competition sponsored by a, a bookmaker. Um, but on Brian Rice himself, as I say, I just I feel really bad for him. I think it's uh, really courageous that he's, he's yeah. you know, decided to come out and speak about it so openly and honestly. Um, and I, I hope he's getting the the help he deserves, and I hope he's not. You know, punished too, too stringently for for it. Yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, I was listening to the Scottish football podcast on the BBC uh, uh, Radio Scotland the other night, and I think uh, John Hartson was on and saying that he'll personally help Brian with his uh, problems. And I thought that was uh, superb to hear someone who's also had problems in the past come out and and say that he would do something to help uh, a fellow person who's struggling in that regard. So uh, fantastic stuff from John Hartson, who I also am a big fan of uh, in his days at Celtic. 
Celtic and obviously his, his previous career as well so a bit of a shout out to John and we all wish Brian Rice well and uh, certainly for my say as well and we wish uh, everybody well at Hamilton uh, and other clubs and anybody else is struggling I suppose with Ben Collins as well and uh, we wish them all the best um, next up let's move it back to football predictions um, this is a tasty one Motherwell Hibs at Fur Park this is one that I'm struggling to call um, do you know what I think score draw mm. I think 2-2 two, two. I think oh. it'll be I think it'll definitely be goals but I can't really see between them I think if it was Easter Road I'd just go for Hibs but as it's a third part I'm going to go for the draw I've got 2-2 two, two down as well like, you know, oh, I don't know you by the action. I've been sneakily putting my scores there before I asked you the questions and I had 2-2 two, two written in here and I'm going to stick with that um, Great I think I, think I think it'll be a really good game I mean I watched the, the Scottish Cup tie between Dundee United and Hibs and I actually watched Motherwell's game on Saturday night at Dundee and it was two good games and Motherwell put in a really impressive performance at Dens because uh, for Long is finding some fine form for, for Motherwell but Hibs Martin Boyle back in the team he really looks like he's making a difference as well and I don't know I think Hibs have got a little bit more of a solidity under Jack Ross and okay they've, they've maybe not picked up as much points as I thought they might have done but you know I certainly think they look a little bit more structured I think under him I think as well um, Mother will, will definitely miss Devante Cole definitely going back to Wigan a couple of times I saw Mother the first half of the season I was really impressed by him mm. um, I think it'll be a 2-2 Yeah, okay, next up is St Johnston Kilmarnock, this is an interesting game too This is a, a, an interesting one, this is hard to mm. it's very hard to, to choose between these teams, I'm actually I've went for 2-1 to St Johnston though. Mm, interesting um, I, Looking at it, I know I said earlier on about Alex Dyer, not particularly convinced by by him as, as the Kelly boss I know they obviously got a great win last week um, against Queen's Park but before the winter break hadn't scored in six games hadn't won in seven and St Johnston when you're when you're struggling to to come up with a result St Johnston is one of the most difficult places to go um, so I am going to go for a two more wins St Johnston yeah I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leaning in the same direction but I'm going 1-0 St Johnston right down here I actually see it being a very tight game with not too many chances either I think both teams will kind of cancel each other out I do think St Johnston though need to find someone to replace uh, their goals you know Matty Kennedy being their creative player looks like he's going to be signing a pre-contract at Aberdeen I think Stevie May needs to find a little bit of form it's not quite happened for him yet uh, Michael O'Halloran I don't know what's happened to him at St Johnston his form's kind of gone off the boil uh, of late um, I know Kilmarnock had a great win in the Scottish Cup scoring 6 against Queen's Park but this is a, a, a different kettle of fish and as you say Danny a tough place to go I'm going 1-0 St Johnston here uh, let's, move good. let's move into Sunday's games uh, I'll, I wonder if, uh, I think uh, this game is on TV actually St Mirren Aberdeen um, in Paisley yeah, I think it is on TV actually. Um, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not just uh, back in Aberdeen because I'm on with yourself, now, but I do think Aberdeen will come out on top. Uh, I think they'll win three one. Three one. I've gone for two nil. Um, I, I I think it'll be. I think Aberdeen, of course. Well, before I say this, I think Aberdeen. Well, Aberdeen definitely lost. Um, the last time they went to Paisley early in the season, 1-0. So I think they'll be wanting to uh, put that uh, result to bed um, this time around. I think they will as well. I think they've got a little bit more going for them. Um, and I think Derek McInnes will want a response a little bit because his team, as I said, against the Batas, we really struggled to break them down. And a similar type of game, I think. You know, Wilson Mirren 
settle in the game and then maybe try and nick it late on. That's the way I sort of see it going. And as I said, St. Mirren don't score an awful lot of goals. Um, I just think Aberdeen sneak this 2-0, maybe with two late goals. Um, next up is, well, last up I should say for the Scottish Premiership release is Hearts against Rangers. Um, having just tipped Hearts to get relegated earlier in the podcast, um, I we no surprise to say that I'm going to go for a Rangers win. Um, I do appreciate obviously Rangers. Um, this is the only away venue they've not won at this season, no, I believe, in, in the Premiership. Yeah, yeah, they drew early in the season, um, and Hearts at the best of times is is a, an awful place to go, but. I just think Rangers are too strong. They've improved so much under Steven Gerrard. Um, I think Morelos is, is a, a top player. Impossible to keep quiet. Um, and I think this is coming at the wrong time for Hearts, as I say, when they're just trying to implement a new structure, implement a new way of playing. Um, I think Rangers could actually... I've got down here 4-0 to Rangers. 4-0 Rangers. I'm going to go 3-1 Rangers. I, I was watching a previous Rangers-Hearts game recently, actually. I think it was the game that Kenny Miller um, really was had a big influence in the game. It was 3-1, I think, it when they were playing at Murrayfield. And uh, I was just remembering how long ago that was now. But, uh, yeah, my, my biggest concern with Hearts is defensively. You know, Stendhal's come in and, you know, he's... he's been very bold with some of his decisions to say to Christ, uh, Christoph Berra uh, and Glenn Whelan, you know, you're, you're not really in my plans. It's a bold statement to make. And I know they got that really good win against Adrian in the Cup, which was much required, by the way, but they need momentum in the league. And as you correctly point out, you know, if they don't get two or three wins very quickly in this restart, they're going to fall even further behind than where they are at the moment. And when you're playing against a Rangers side that are full of confidence after their old firm win, and you know they beat Stranarnik up, albeit not impressively, but they've got the job done. I just think that you know Rangers have so much momentum at the moment. Uh, for me, it's 50-50 for them in the league with Celtic. I, I think there's nothing in it personally at the moment. I don't think there's much to choose. I've gone three-one here. Yeah, no, I think it's a good show. I think it's difficult to see beyond Rangers. Yeah. Let's move into the FA Cup because it's on this weekend. Let's not do predictions here, but let's look at uh, some games where there might be upsets. Um, so I'm going to kick... I've got three potential games for upsets this weekend. And my first one uh, is on Saturday um, where Spurs are at uh, Southampton. I think Spurs may lose this game. Southampton have been... Um really come on to a game recently and shout out obviously to Scotland national Stuart Armstrong yes. who scored in the midweek game at uh, Crystal Palace um, and from again from what I can read only in social media um, he's been brilliant Armstrong um, I think the Southampton board deserve a lot of credit for backing Ralph Hasenhutl yeah. because when they were demolished 9-0 by Leicester mm -hmm. and in the relegation zone, it could have been very easy to just, you know, pull them, get yeah. someone else in. Yeah. But they stood by him and he's came on to a good game. And do you know what? I think that's actually a really good shout. I think particularly Mourinho, he's, I, 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 I'm just totally unconvinced by Mourinho at Spurs. Um, I think, I think it's a good show. I think Southampton could well come out and top there. I'm also lacking their little bit of creativity. You know, they've no Harry Kane. Where's their goals coming from? You know, that's a big concern. And, you know, I've watched a few games of them this season and they, they just... They, there's just a lack of uh, imagination about them a little bit. And so when you talked about Southampton, for me, Danny Ings has found a new lease of life all of a sudden. He's been scoring goals for fun. You mentioned Armstrong. For me, James Ward-Price has also been just as outstanding. Yeah. Uh, my second... Uh, 
prediction for an upset this weekend. It's actually a team I predict. I right at the very start of this series predicted to get in the top four. And that's Leicester City. I think Brentford might put them out. I think you know it's weird. I'm looking at the fixtures now, and that, that was when I, that was genuinely one I was going to mention. Brentford, I think, are third or fourth in the yeah. English Championship at the moment. Leicester, uh, we know that Brendan Rodgers, when it comes to the the cups down in England basically isn't interested you know we play second team um, away from home uh, yeah I completely agree I could see Brentford at the very least getting a replay and they've got um, that they've got the the famous BMW um, front line uh, Watkins and Buemo and uh, I can't remember the other guy but he's, they're all scoring goals and uh, you know Leicester they've, they've been on a poor run you know, I think they've lost four of their last seven games you know it's, yep. it's really poor times for them and you know a lot of people have been ribbing me on social media saying oh your prediction is not looking good so good now is it and you know the reason they're still in there is because other teams below them can't take advantage like Man United are still Spurs yeah exactly yeah no you're right um, I do think it comes at an awkward time for them um, because uh, I was saying obviously I think he will play a second string team Rogers, but then yeah. even the second string team is pretty impressive you know people Ian Acho come in um, they've got a lot of good players at, at Leicester but I definitely think looking at the, the fixtures Brentford could be a really good shot my third intriguing game and this is not for an upset as such but just more for curiosity is Coventry against Birmingham City because they're both ground sharing at St Andrews so it's technically a home game for both teams that'll be an interesting one yeah when you, I, I hadn't clicked onto that initially but yeah no, that's a that's a good point and I do think that Coventry after a really tumultuous couple of years have kind of steadied the ship a little bit mm-hmm. um, that'll be an interesting one that yeah any other games that catch your eye I mean Sheffield United going to Millwall's not easy no, it's not easy. The other one, um, it obviously, you would imagine it's only going in one way, but Shrewsbury against Liverpool, yes. I think, will be an interesting one. I think purely because um, Jurgen Klopp will play a team of kids, as he yeah. did against Everton in the previous round. And I'm actually really intrigued to see the kids. I think mm. two or three of them in the last game, Curtis Jones, who scored. I think it was Nico Williams, who was the fullback. Outstanding. Yeah. Um, and I'm just intrigued to see to see them play again and see how they get on against that kind of battled, hardened kind of lower lower league team. Yeah. Okay. We're running out of time. Uh, just a couple of things before we finish up. What is your sort of uh, journey now in the next sort of five years or so with your with yourself and your career? Where do you sort of see yourself evolving to? Are you just r- enjoying the ride at the moment? Uh, pretty much, really. The, the Ladbrokes Social Club at the minute, I would like to... Um, there's talk of doing it again next season, and I would like to do that. The, the numbers have been really, really good. Um, the, the show that I mentioned before the winter break, um, just one show, was watched by 200,000 people. Um, so it's been really good. They want to... I think they want to keep doing it next, next season. Um, so I'd be up for that, definitely. Long term... I don't know, Grant. I, I, uh, I struggle to see beyond next week, if I'm <laughs> honest. Um, just kind of go with the flow. Um, but really, hopefully, just stay involved in football. As long as I'm getting paid to talk nonsense about football, then, <laughs> then I'm happy. Absolutely. And just before we wrap up, I want you to give me your sort of three predictions between now and the rest of the season. So on my show, what I have is something that is pretty much an odds-on or a slam dunk. 
One that's 50 50 opportunities, and one that is a no hoper but you would love to see happening. Um, so is that just Scottish football? Yeah, it can be mostly. Well, I I keep it wide as possible, so it can be Scottish, can be English football. Right, right. Let me have a think here. Right. So my so slam dunk is something that's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Right. A slam dunk, I think, is going to be. This is going to be bold, but Man United to finish in the top four. Ooh. Now, that's my, my English club of choice, so I'm intrigued by that. Um, they, they're, they're, this is funny, they're my English club of choice as well. Um, I Every time I watch Chelsea, they seem to drop points, and particularly at home, and I'm looking at Chelsea's fixtures earlier, they've got a terrible run. They have a very um, and Man United, whilst they are not very reliable and are partial to picking up the odds, terrible result themselves. I, I, I don't know why. For the last few weeks, I'm just convinced they're going to overhaul Chelsea. Okay, Man United for top four. Interesting. Okay. So the 50-50. 50-50. So, so this is one to go either way. Yeah. I think Rangers to win the Premiership. Okay. I think I think having I was at the Old Firm game on on the 29th, um, and I, you you mentioned earlier on the podcast that it's a it is a coin toss it basically is it's fifty fifty yeah but but I, I, I Rangers were so dominant in that game they, and they were so dominant me, in the League Cup final as well and didn't win yeah, that one yeah. either and I just I think that's an interesting point to make I just wondered if Gerrard's maybe got the 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 Indian sign a little bit over Neil Lennon in the last couple of matches. He's definitely got. I think he's got tactically got something. Yeah, he's got them figured out a little bit. Mm. Um, so I think as it stands right now, it, it is fifty-fifty. It is a coin toss, but with a gun to my head, I would say Rangers. Ooh, interesting. Very interesting. I still think Celtic will sneak it, but that's that. that, that, that I think it'll be very, very close. Could go down to goal difference even. Um, so yeah, you're no hoper. Your impossible prediction. An impossible prediction. Or you think it's got uh, a very, very, very small chance? Uh, this is an interesting one. I would love, love to see. Um, no, hold on. I was going to say that I'd love to see Dundee United get overhauled in the Championship, just purely because. Um, I would love to see Inverness kind of overhaul them, but I've just looked at the table and it's 17 points. Yeah. I mean, it's never ever going. I suppose yeah. that fits the foot. That, that fits the ball. Uh, that's a that. perfect uh, category fitter. I've got a few Inverness fans that follow the show, so they'll be delighted about that one. <laughs> Oh, I, I do want to see Dundee United go up, but I've also the soft spot for Inverness. Really? It was, um, it's a lovely part of the country, and um, I don't know. Just it was always quite a quaint place to go, and I think I think they're missed in the top flight, so yeah. it's very unlikely, but. That would be my, my long shot. Well, interesting to hear those predictions and let's see how they uh, fare. And there'll be no forfeits here, Skazak. I think <laughs> if, if it was, I would have had plenty by now. Well, that brings yet again the, to the end of another episode of Campbell's Footballs, the only podcast for bad predictions are cancelled out by good crack. I hope this week's show is, as always, just what the doctor ordered. Danny, I've really enjoyed having you on the show. 
my pleasure, Grant. Thanks very much, uh, and hopefully I'll I'll be back on before the end of the season. Well, absolutely, you'd be more than welcome to come back on anytime. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this show. Um, for more podcasts of this variety, you can follow Campbell's Footballs on SoundCloud and on Anchor. You can also follow the show uh, on Facebook. Um, just type in Campbell's Footballs. You can also search for me uh, on Twitter at Stato underscore Grant or on Instagram at StatoG91. Next week, I'll be joined by Sky Sports legendary football commentator Ian Crocker. So I'm really looking forward to that one. But until next time, bye for now.